Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Archivist Best Song Sexy Witches, a podcast from a geek girl's perspective. I am the head huntress, and how y'all doing this evening? Let me go ahead and introduce my sexy witches. My first sexy witch, she is located in Eugene, Oregon. She's an inspiring filmmaker, published writer. Her current gig is writing for Living Dead magazine. She's also an avid horror film fan and a regular participant in live action role plays. Look for her wolfy attitude on personal writings on her blog, Queenie Todd. And please welcome to the show my sexy werewitch, Queenie Todd. How are you doing, sweetie? Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that was an excellent howl that today. Uh, you feeling a little? You feeling a little bit better, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> That's always happy. And um, so we are going to bring in our sex, second sexy witch right away because we have a jam-packed show tonight. Matter of fact, it's so big we have slated two hours for tonight's show. Now I'm not going to say it's going to go two hours. It might. Um, but we are slated for two hours because we have a ton of stuff to get to. So let me introduce my second sexy witch. She comes from us from, uh, where does she come from us? Clinton Forge, Virginia. <laughs> like, I didn't know that. <laughs> Excuse me for blowing the intro. But, okay, let me start again. <clears throat> okay, much better. Do over, red button, start over. Okay, so my second sexy co-host is from Clinton Forge, Virginia. She's a regular on the East Coast HorrorCon circuit and will be my partner in crime this weekend for Scares That Cares Weekend. She is a horror movie fan and a huge super fan of Marvel and the film and comics. Please welcome to the show my new sexy witch co-host. This is only her like third episode, Erin Marie. How you doing, sweetie? I am doing quite well. How are you? I am doing wonderful. How is the sexy witch frying like an oven? You know, they say we can't handle those things. So, you know, I know you're (laughs) burning up right now. So are you okay? Do we have to call in paramedics? Is the sexy witch burning to death out in Virginia? I took a cold shower before the podcast, so I should be cool for this next two hours. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that for folks. No, she had her um, AC go boo-boo on her, and it has been particularly hot the last couple of days in this area. So, yeah, 90-degree heat in my house. uh, Luckily, we're hoping there's supposed to be a break sometime this evening after this broadcast, so let's hope that's the truth because we definitely need it. So uh, here's just some relief. And, and I will tell you, Queenie, out in, out in, uh, a port, in uh, Oregon land, I know for a fact you guys have been suffering almost as bad as we have. 
if not worse, because yes, you have. guys can't handle yes, it. I've been hiding indoors in my little ice box. <laughs> you know, I'm a wolf right? I can't handle heat like that. <laughs> It's ridiculous what you guys are dealing with out in Oregon. I was like, my husband went out there to bring his best friend back last time we were talking. And uh, it was like when he landed, it was actually like in the 90s, and it was only 70s here. I was like, holy crap, that never happened. Yeah. So, uh, no, apparently it was unprecedented. It's not usually this hot here. But what, what are you going to do, right, global warming? It's not real. Not at all. Well, real or not, there is one fact that dropped today that absolutely is true, is that 2015 has been the hottest year on record so far. So, and even though it's a little, yeah, even though it's a little deceptive, because actually, the even though we had this heat wave this last week, we've been kind of spared here in, in the D.C. land. We haven't been super, super hot or humid, so it's oh. been a little bit better. But, uh, no, it's, they're saying it's, like the hottest lap 2014 broke records and 2015 are shattering those records so fuck look we'll talk about that on a science doom and gloom apocalyptic episode somewhere down the future so uh so before we go in about five minutes my first guest is going to call in his name is paul bonnell and he is the director of the film the ghastly love of johnny x which played at Bloodfest last weekend and um and he listened to the show and wanted to talk about his film, and I asked him to come on, and he said yes, and we're happy to have him on. And he'll be on in five minutes to talk about that and to recap his experience at Blobfest, which is quite a crazy time. So um, so we'll Very get to good. that in a minute. So, But before that, Queenie, I wanted to know, have you seen any movies you want to recommend? Movies. Mm, I've been mostly on Netflix lately. Like, I, I watched Creep recently, which was recommended on Netflix, and I don't know, it was all right. I didn't really feel like it brought anything new to the horror genre, but you know, I, I watched it. It was all right. He was just a like creepy guy, and someone's like filming him handheld camera kind of style, and uh, he's telling this guy who's filming him that he has like some sort of terminal illness and he's gonna die. He's making this video for his kid, but it gets weirder as time goes on. So if you're interested in movies like that or, you know, handheld kind of stories, then, you know, check out Creep. Well, I have heard actually pretty good things about Creep. It's going to be on the list for the Fright Meters. I think I put it in my queue as well. So what about you, Erin? Do you have anything that you've seen recently? Well, um, this week has been kind of dedicated to introducing my 11-year-old who absolutely adores horror movies to some of the celebrities that we're going to be meeting at Scares to Care. So um, we were watching Devil's Rejects earlier, which, of course, every time I see it, I forget just how much I love it. It is it is really the perfect Rob Zombie movie. Agreed. Um, it is. And uh, tonight I plan on watching Anarchy Park, which I've heard a lot of really good things about. It's on Amazon Prime, instant video. I'm going to be sitting with that celebrity on Friday, uh, Robert Lasardo. This is his main vehicle. So I thought I should see that before I sit with him. 
good. It's always a good thing to see the film of the person you either are guest hosting with or something or moderating. It's always also really exciting when you get to moderate something like Scares the Cares or get to help with a booth. So that's really cool. We'll talk about that more later on in the show because we have a lot to talk about because there is horror con craziness all over the place in the eastern seaboard that we need to cover and we also need to cover Aaron's going to call in and talk about San Diego Comic Con as well so we got a lot to talk about today um let's see I actually what did I see recently I, I actually am holding off on what I'm, I watched because it actually relates directly to my next guest so uh but uh I finally want to say that, uh, and I'll talk about this more, It Follows just dropped on DVD, and so if you haven't seen It Follows, now it's time to do it. Uh, so definitely go see uh, It Follows, even if you have issues with the film. Uh, a film like that excites me, that, that they did it on such a low budget, and to give successful body horror, which is not an easy thing to do, folks. There's only one or two people that can successfully do it on a regular basis, but uh, they did it, and, um, you know, and it's also got the best score this year so far, so definitely see it follows, so that's what I'd recommend. So on my list. So, I have to see it, <laughs> definitely. Oh, and on Netflix, yeah. I, I saw that Would You Rather finally dropped, which is one of my favorites. It was kind of a low budget, but I love Jeffrey Holmes, and I thought it was pretty perfect. So it's finally on Netflix. I watched it, too. I liked it. It was really entertaining. I put it on my top. I put it on my top ten uh, that year. I actually really, really enjoyed that movie. I, I don't know why I enjoyed it, uh, partly because I also am a huge fan of, believe it or not, Sasha Gray, who is the person I was trying to remember on the uh, earlier, and I could not remember her in another episode. But Sasha Gray is like she's a porn star, but she did all these really awesome porn movies, and then she can't, went over, and now she's doing all this acting. And whether she like her or not, I just like it when she gets work, and I like following her. So hooray for Sasha Gray. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> would you rather is awesome that way. Um, and, folks, you can call in as well. We are waiting for our guests who should be calling in the next few minutes, but we do accept any call from any person. Phone numbers are 646-716-9172. Once again, that is 646-716-9172. The sexy witches are waiting for your call. Anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want to talk to threesome of sexy witches? I don't know. We we are, you know, uh, you know, we are the coven of sexy witches. Ah, I believe our guest is now here, so we're gonna call him on. Hello, you are on with the sexy witches. How are you doing? That's that's just dandy. How are you, sexy witches? <laughs> Hello, Good, how are you? I'm I'm just I'm doing just dandy. Uh, it's Paul Bennell here, director of the Ghastly Love of Johnny X, and uh, director of Traffic on Weekends. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. I want to also say I'm very thankful to let you come on, especially after I kind of blew your plug on the last episode. And I do apologize for that, that I should have seen your film before I previewed Plobfest, but I have corrected that now. And oh. I saw your movie. <laughs> and, uh, and thank you for being so generous with your time, sir. You bet. You bet. I'm happy to talk with you. I also heard rumor you're going to be in a certain film with one of my certain favorite actors, uh, <clears throat> Paul Rubens. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I, I worked a little bit on this uh, the Pee Wee Herman movie, 
and uh, I don't really have any lines or anything, but they, they mainly uh, wanted to use my car in the movie. So uh, I, I do walk around, you know, in, in shots and stuff, and uh, you could see me in the thing with, with Paul Rubin. And uh, it's not the first time I've worked with him. I worked with him on an episode of Everyone Loves Raymond several years ago. And uh, he played the uh, a weird little part in that. But uh, he's a nice guy. Well, that's fantastic. And, sir, I hate to interrupt you, but uh, can you – I'm getting an echo from your from your phone. Yeah. Is it on speak? Yeah. No, I no, no. I, I'm on, I am on a landline, so it, it, I don't know why it's echoing. Landline I don't know either. Really <laughs> weird. I, I heard that echo myself. I thought oh, I thought it was spooky. on your end. Well, maybe it's no. just the, the curse of the internet. Oh, technology. It's, it's it's that suit that that guy has in your movie. He's controlling the resurrection the suit. Somehow. It's ghastly. Yeah, <laughs> it is totally ghastly. So please, sir, talk about your your experience with Blobfest and your movie, which I was actually correct. It was a black and white musical. Yes. <laughs> and I, I was, and so I was very excited because I'm a huge, all of us are huge musical dorks here. We love Oh, oh yeah. We'll do. Absolutely. So, and we especially love musicals like this and Repo and the one that's in Chillerama. <laughs> I was a werebear. Uh, you know, we love that style of, 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 uh, horror, horror uh, musical. So please talk about your experiences over the last weekend. Well, I was I was thrilled to be invited to Blockfest. Uh, I hear that echo as well. Uh, is that going to be a problem for the show here? Testing, one, two, one, two. I don't hear Hopefully it. Right it kind of it kind of comes in and out. It's weird. Maybe I'll speak softly, but carry a big stick. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, well, anyway... <laughs> I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to you about my uh, my Blobfest experience. It was it was it was quite nice. Uh, I had never been to Pennsylvania before, and uh, they they graciously invited me uh, to to uh, attend, and uh, they gave me a nice uh, room in a hotel, and uh, it was Mr. Lobo who actually saw the movie and suggested that I come to Blobfest, and and you know they he suggested it, and the board uh, checked it out, and they said yes, we want this movie. And one of the deciding factors was that I shot it on 35-millimeter film. And I do happen to have a film print, uh, a few film prints, actually, which I, that I circulate uh, to various theaters uh, for exhibition. Uh, so the Colonial Theater there, of course, where they shot the original Blob back in 1957 with Steve McQueen, they screened not only the Blob, but they screened The Ghastly Love of Johnny X side-by-side side in beautiful 35-millimeter uh, so I was able to have a uh, a very nice presentation at the theater, and I was thrilled because, you know, uh, these prints are uh, very, very expensive and very seldomly seen these days since most everything is projected digitally. Uh, but uh, I was able to uh, make this movie on the last of the black and white film stock that Kodak uh, manufactured before they discontinued it in 2010. And uh, it was a real labor of love and a real passion project for me although I'd been making movies since I was a child uh, for, you know, six or seven years now, but, uh, you know, who's counting, really? Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, Blobfest was wonderful, and I was so thrilled to go to see this theater because I had seen the Blob since I was a young boy, you know, six or seven years ago, and I'd seen the Blob on, um, on television, uh, and uh, I enjoyed it, and I'm a big fan, 
and it was kind of surreal being uh, participating in the big uh, Friday night runout. Of course, they had me on stage, and I did a little bit, you know, with Mr. Lobo on stage there. And uh, then we did the runout, and then Saturday was the street fair. They had probably several, you know, a few thousand people throughout the day go through the street fair, and I sold a number of my movies on a DVD, a few soundtrack CDs, some posters, that sort of thing. And uh, and then, of course, Sunday was the, uh, which has always typically been the slower day at Blobfest. Uh, Sunday was my film with, uh, with the Blob. And uh, so not a bad way to close out the festival. I was thrilled, and uh, we did a Q&A with Mr. Lobo, and someone had posted that, I believe Cinema Sickness posted that on the uh, Internet there. So you could see my Q&A uh, from Blobfest. Oh, I would like to see that. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, just put uh, Blobfest, uh, the Gassy Love of Johnny X uh, Q&A with Paul Bennell or something to that effect. But anyway, uh, yeah, but it was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I really did enjoy myself. And I got to see a little bit of uh, Phoenixville there and uh, went into downtown Philly. I was there for five days, so, well, you know, four days, really. Some of it was travel time, but uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sorry, you, it, I'm it, sorry it, you girls couldn't come out to see the show there. No, no, I'm kicking <sighs> myself. Because really, it just sounds amazing. By golly, I mean, just hop on a broom and get out there and see that thing, you know? My broom you know, Blob, the Blob <laughs> is absolutely one of my favorite films of all time. And I have right? been following Blob Fest. Well, I used to live on the West Coast, like Queenie. Uh-huh. So I have an excuse I ha- why I couldn't make it to Blobfest, but now I'm only two and a half hours away from Blobfest, ah. and something keeps stopping me, because usually I'm working at a festival the weekend before, and as you know, after festival weekend, sometimes you just kind of collapse for a week, yeah. uh, you know, so I, and this year, my husband was in Oregon, and I was here, and the water went out, and anyway, mm. there's lots of excuses, but I am doubling down right now that next year I am going to be there because two years in a row they've played stuff I've loved and and I've really been kicking myself. Last year was Kaiju, and I'm a huge Kaiju fan, and this year they played Creature Little Black Lagoon in 3D, which is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, so that's all really good. And uh, you are actually from Burbank, right? Yes. So Yes, that's right. Yeah, you grew up there, and so you kind of were like, you know, you're, you were in it in the beginning. So I have a question about growing up there versus coming out here. What, you know, you're doing film, indie films that actually a lot of people around here do, but you don't see a lot of that coming out in Burbank. So hmm. where's your influences? Well, I, I really, I grew up, uh, you know, watching uh, old movies and stuff on, on the black and white TV. And uh, when I was a kid, uh, way back when, you know, but uh, my dad loved the movies and uh, we we used to go see, he would take us kids to the movies and and uh, I thought it was something I wanted to do, maybe be an actor, uh, but I basically got seriously involved with making films at the uh, age of 11. And uh, so I'd always made these movies and I'd always shot them on uh, film, uh, Super 8, 16 millimeter, and finally 35 millimeter with Johnny X, but... Uh, you know, now they're they're moved up to this thing called digital that I don't even know. And, you know, I'll tell you something about Blobfest, which is great, is that you can get to see these old movies on 35 millimeter. And, you know, I'm a film guy, and I actually collect a lot of film stuff. 
and run these old film prints myself. And uh, that theater really has excellent projection. The projectionist there is on top of his game. He knows what he's doing. Uh, the, the, you know, the picture is bright and sharp, and the sound is excellent. So I would highly recommend seeing mm-hmm. any movies at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville uh, because uh, they do a really great job, and I know they run a lot of old movies there and, you know, older films and cult-type movies and a lot of genre stuff. So uh, if you want to see uh, movies on 35mm, uh, that's the place to do it. They also have digital, but, but uh, when they do these, run these old film prints, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and they go and search them out, too. They look for yeah. them. If somebody, you know, they, they, that's what's great about them. They actively seek them out. And actually, I am going to be at the Colonial probably at the beginning of September. Uh, uh. They're going to have Italian Splatter Fest, which is five uh. movies, Italian horror, all night. And uh, I, I just started a few years ago really getting into Italian horror, and the lineup is so much fun. They're going to do Bay of Blood and mm-hmm. Hell of the Living Dead and City at the Edge of the Seven, you know, full cool. and, Yeah, they're doing full, you know, all these run fun films, so I'll probably end up going there. And, yeah, because they have screenings year-round, and all the uh-huh. screenings are fun. And, and even with cooler folks, if you can do it, you can donate to sponsor one of these screenings, and they'll put your name on the marquee next to the movie. And it's such a geeky, wonderful thing to see the beautiful colonial marquee with your movie or your name on it, because it is oh, one yeah. of the most beautiful marquees in the United States, and it's so perfect. Yes. Uh, well, one know, of my I'm highlights sure was a... – yeah, no, I was going to say uh, the, the highlight was to see the blob and Johnny X on that marquee. How was that, that sounds, for you? What's that? Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just going to say it must have been just beautifully surreal just to see your film back-to-back with the blob, something you've loved for so long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it really was uh, surreal and a lot of fun because, you know, it, it really captured what I, you know, I felt that the kind of movie, even though I made a movie that's a contemporary movie, I, I didn't do, Johnny X is not a film like uh, Larry Blemeyer, or Lost Skeleton or Christopher Mim, Giant Spider type thing. Johnny X is a contemporary film. It's really set in contemporary times, but it does have a 1950s and 60s uh, feel and sensibility to it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, have you seen the movie by any chance? Anybody? Going I, once, going Liz, twice? Liz did. Liz has seen yes, it. She I got to see it yesterday. I, yes, I saw it last night, in fact. So it is well, very fresh Well, and mind. you still want me on the show. I want you on the show, sir. You can come on the show even if you had shot a flower for a week. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I... I would and never I, shoot a flower. There's a movie like that. that okay, but that, that, that movie is actually really good, and that's a real movie, believe it or not. And we'll talk about that later in Asian Film Week or something like that. But anyway, mm. uh, but no, I saw your film last night, and, you know, it hits all my sweet spots. Like I said, musical numbers, black and white photography, shooting in 35. I want to say I was, like, watching the film, and I just assumed it was digital. until I, And I read the credits, and then I was like, that really was shot in 35. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Blob Fest, it had to be shot on 35. Yeah, so yeah. So congrats for shooting on 35 because, uh, you know, I, it's my second favorite of all the film stocks you could possibly have. And it looks beautiful because of that. So, well, thank you. You know, and, um, and the thing about this movie is that it was a true black and white, white, black and white film uh, because, uh, you know, to, to explain that, uh, today, of course, with digital, you shoot on a digital with a digital camera, 
and you could turn off the color just like an old like a color TV you know you could just turn switch off and it's black and white and you convert it to to black and white uh the same thing with movies shot on film you could shoot a movie on color film stock and then uh process it through the lab and you know and turn it into black and white but what we did here was we shot this movie on black and white negative uh, that Kodak no longer manufactures. As a matter of fact, we are the very last movie shot on Kodak's oh. Plus X film stock. And, uh, and so what we did was we shot it on black and white film stock, and then we printed onto black and white film stock. So what you're getting is a really kind of old-school, traditional, pure black and white. You know, there's no t- tampering or tinkering or digital stuff in there. Uh, so that's that's why uh, it looks as good as it does. And uh, the transfer that you saw when you saw Johnny X, the digital transfer, was actually made from one of our film prints. So uh, that was all nice. scanned. It was scanned in uh, on a scanner and, and transferred over, but it was from taken from an actual positive uh, film print. Uh, but it is a beautiful me... way to go. But that doesn't – if the movie sucks, then it doesn't matter if what it was shot on. You know, I'm, I'm just hoping that uh, – it catches on with folks. We need to get it out there in a bigger way. And Blockfest was really great to to host it. You know, it's it's played all over the place. It's played at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood to a sold-out crowd. It's played in New York. It's played in theaters. It had a small theatrical release. It has been on Netflix. It's not currently on Netflix. Oh, no, it's not. Not yeah. at the moment, no. <laughs> no, it's off, off. Because I, I really want to see like it top of my queue once, and it was like gone. It was like yeah, gone. they 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 <laughs> took it. We only had a one year uh, deal with them, and sometimes that's all they give you, you know. And then other times they extend it, but I think they they didn't feel that it was doing well enough to, you know, invite us back for another year. Unfortunately, I mean that's the that's the sad truth. And it's not that the movie wasn't good, but you know, it just for some reason wasn't uh, the numbers weren't up on Netflix with it. So. Uh, I think that's you have why to they, get, you, know. you have to get word of mouth buzzing. And after Blobfest and, and going around to festivals and stuff like this, you know, it might be something that Netflix might be interested in down the road because I most definitely want to see it. I'm a huge musical geek as well as horror. So that is something that is right up our alley. Well, you know, maybe we'll start a petition. Let's get Johnny X back on Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> you never know. You know, you know maybe you can. I could get eight you people can. to sign it or something, you know. You know, but, I did that once with a movie called Pocahontas, which is a French yeah. film over in the West Coast. We actually did. We all span, like like spammed uh, uh, Netflix at the same time and emailed them because they have a suggestion box. You have to find it, but they do have one. We really? want Pocahontas, and they actually put it in. So seriously, you know, who knows? Maybe, wow. Yeah. Hey, seriously, well, we did that. So look out, Netflix. Okay. We're coming after you. So any and all listeners that are listening tonight or that may listen in the future, please, please spam Netflix. I want to see this. And that's exactly what I'm going to do when this podcast is done. Well, you know, I think you've got some connections. I could probably uh, arrange to, to to get you one of our beautiful DVDs here of of the movie. Uh, send send me your info, and I'll see what I can do. But, you know, I, I, I always... I always appreciate the people that are interested in the movie and fans and uh, that sort of thing. But uh, it's uh, it was a real labor of love, like I said. And I'm moving on to another movie, of course. It's called Rocket Girl, and that's the new Hi. one. Rocket Girl, yes. Yeah, see, it's, uh, that's right up your alley, too. You know, that's that, that's perfect for you gals, I think. So 
You know, I heard it, um, you said Mr. Lobo. Yes. I was you, actually I was actually in a movie with Mr. Lobo. Oh, were you in the Plan 9 movie? Yes, sir. Ah, <laughs> oh, he was telling me all about that thing. Um, so I, I'm guessing you haven't had a chance to see it. No, I have not. No, I I actually got a chance to see it. Um, now, what's once. so funny over there? Who's laughing? I think that might be Liz. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm always well, she, she just likes to laugh. I'm happy. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all quite happy with it. So, so let's talk about that Plan 9 movie. That 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 thing, is it a good film? Have you seen it? Yes, it was. I, it was really, 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 really su- pleasantly, surprisingly good. I mean, they yeah. got um, some music that just fit in. It, you know, music has a way of of making a film come out. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and it just made it a really fun film. Um, I was in it twice. Actually, I played two different zombies. Wow. Uh, one of one of them you can barely see, but another one um, it's quite shocking, actually. Uh, very memorable zombie. So if you ever get a chance to see it, I'm the pregnant Well, one. no, I, I definitely want to see it, and I look forward <laughs> to it. it. It looks like a really high-quality production, which, which is what I tried to do here. And, and mentioning about independent films, I think that I'm probably one of the very few independent filmmakers that are still, that's still shooting on film. I don't know if my next one will be shot on film or not. I'm going to see what I can do about that. But uh, it's a dying, it's a kind of a lost art form almost, you know. It is. It is. Um, but, you know, since the film stock is so expensive, you definitely want to save it for your gems, like Gasly. Yeah. Right, right. Well, that was a very expensive movie to make. That was, uh, you know, it was over a million dollars of, uh, of uh, hard-earned cash to uh, put that thing together. And, uh, uh, may I ask you a quick question about shooting on black and white and, and sure. the expense of that? Uh, mm-hmm. Now, this is going back to the original days of black and white film. There was right. a problem with costuming because colors look do look different on black and white. They don't That's look right. black. And so did you have to relearn how to shoot clothes in black and white to do it correctly? Were you having problems figuring out no. what actually matched? Uh, not, not really, because I had made a black and white movie before. I did a movie called That Little Monster in 1994, and, uh, that has a cameo by Bob Hope at the end, weirdly enough. But anyway, uh, and that, that was, I know, that's very, that's, that's humorous, I know. 1994, uh, <laughs> I tell you, who is laughing? You're making me laugh now. I'm Somebody. sorry. Why, why it's is me. this so funny? I'm enjoying your conversation, sir. I'm enjoying it too. I I, I think this is just uh, one of the best times I've had since uh, since I went off on that ski lift and dropped 200 feet. But you know that was, <laughs> that, 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 that that really wasn't a good experience. <laughs> oh, be still, my beating heart, sir. Yes, I know, but my heart was barely beating that day. I'll tell you, you know. But seriously, oh uh, where were we anyway? I'm sorry, I got a little distracted <laughs> there, uh, ladies. No, you uh, said I was asking you about your Bob Hope, yes, I did. A, I did a black. Oh, let's talk about costuming. Yes, I've done a black and white movie uh, before, shot on film, and so this was not my first, uh, you know, time doing this kind of thing. And what you basically do is you uh, you put things together and you you do tests. You shoot some uh, some tests and you do different. You look at fabrics. Our costume designer uh, was very smart about it, and she she did some wonderful things. 
we did a lot of tests and I and I you know looked at fabrics and we tried to uh, put everything together and you do the same thing with set design uh, and it's all mainly about contrast you you put things together that are going to have uh, contrast um, you know you 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 don't do you want a lot of light and dark colors put together so that it kind of uh, reads well, you know, in the movie. But uh, that's why if you look at the resurrection suit, uh, there's a lot of uh, white kind of tubing or piping around it. We did that intentionally so so it would uh, read in the dark areas of the film. Uh, we wanted it to be visible in the in the dark. So uh, and of course the, that thing lit up. It really lights up. There wasn't all animation on the suit. It had a lot of lights on that thing. So. So it was quite it was crazy. But yeah, it's all it's all it's all about doing your homework and being prepared for and, and knowing what you want to do. Basically. Um, I that is the most awesome thing. I'm all about supporting independent cinema and I am very honored that you came on today, sir. That was an excellent conversation, even though I I'm one step below or above a, a fall to your death. But um <laughs> It's all good. Actually, thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, would well, you thank like you for having anything? me. It's um, been a sincere you, sensation. Really, it has. I, I'm so glad. And do you want any follow-up? Quickly, shameless plug your newest film, and please come back on sometime and tell us about Absolutely. it as it's being filmed. You bet. Uh, well, call in any time where you just want to talk geek. We love well, you know, it. I'm, oh, I'm a geek at heart and weird on top, yeah. so, you know. Uh, I, I, just if you guys want to look for the Ghastly Love of Johnny X, uh, you can go to the website. It's uh, it's johnnyxmovie.com. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-X-movie.com. And we have links where you can purchase the DVDs uh, through Amazon or, uh, you know, look at trailers and all kinds of fun stuff. But uh, check it out. Be there or be ghastly. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank so you. Good night. Thank good you. Night. Call again and anytime. Good night. Good luck. Good night. Bye-bye. Good, good night. Bye-bye. And that was absolutely awesome. That was Paul Bunnell, the director of the uh, Ghastly Love of Johnny X. And he called graciously, talked about his movie, talked about Bloodfest. So thank you so much for that again, sir. And I hope we have him on again. And in the meantime, I'm going to bring on my next guest, which is actually not really a guest, and he's going to join us for the duration of of the show, probably. This is my L.A. correspondent, The Cuz. So I'm going to give him some music, because I I meant to give uh, Mr. Bunnell some music, but I didn't get the soundtrack ripped along quick enough to put it online and make a cool intro. But I'm going to give Aaron an intro, because, well, I have Princess Leia already queued up, so I might as well. So... Let's see. So, Sexy Liches, what did you think of our first guest while we're waiting for things to actually work? Looks like I, I really to, enjoyed uh, talking to him. Go ahead, Queen. Yes. Oh, oh, yes, please movie. come back. This movie sounds awesome. It Black is, and, and I will put it on... I will definitely put it on the, uh, the, the Facebook page once we are done here. Um, awesome. I don't know why. Yeah, link it up. We want we want as many people as possible to find him. So let me bring on our next guest, our frequent visitor, my LA correspondent. I call him the Cuz, but he also wants to be our uncle. He's our Uncle Bosley to our sexy witches. Um, he's been an actor playing pirates and Shakespeare around the Orange County area. He's even been a singing waiter, and he has served folks at medieval times. So he's done every type of 
schlepping, paying your dues uh, acting job you can do in Orange County. He's also hosted, though, pirate parties at San Diego Comic-Con and is a frequent visitor there. Huge Disney geek, pin trading, the whole bit. And so please welcome to the Sexy Witches. Welcome back, my cousin Aaron Kogan. How are you doing, sir? Good evening, everyone. Where's my music? <laughs> I don't know. It's up, but it's maybe oh, it's man. too subtle. Hold on. No Let's see. Oh, man. Let me see if I can get it up. I've been... I'll take it. <laughs> yes. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. There. Is that better? <laughs> it's much better. But, but it's not there. Uncle, it's not Uncle Bosley to the sexy, which is, oh, it's, it's Uncle Arthur, you know, bewitched. Uncle Arthur. Oh, uh, Uncle Arthur. Uncle Arthur. My bad. Uncle Arthur. And then Bosley. Oh, Bosley's Charlie's yeah. Angels. I see what you did, though. I, that's very easy to do. Hello. Good evening, yeah. Witches. How are you all? Not bad. How are you? And silent. I'm doing very well. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so are you... I'm surprised you're still standing, um, cuz, because I've been watching you. Not only have you did San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> but you were up like a butt early a couple of times right before that going to get pins for the 60th yeah. anniversary for Disneyland too what and the, the hell do you ever sleep uh, sleep is for the week um, yeah and yesterday was a Disneyana uh, fan the National Fantasy Fan Club also known as Disneyana they had their show yesterday and uh, a bunch of the Disney legends were there and it was a whole yeah it never stops it never stops Disney legend? Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, this year, George Lucas was made a Disney legend. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. I hear Disney oh, legend and I'm like Haley Mills. That's yes, me. Indeed. Automatically, I want Haley Mills. I love Haley Mills. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be shocked if Haley Mills wasn't already a Disney legend. But they make I uh, I think it's a half a dozen different people... Imagineers and technical people, and of course, all of Walt's old nine old men are all uh, Disney legends. I think maybe it started with them, and they've got sort of a, a, a Walk of Fame section on the studio lot in uh, Burbank, and uh, I, I think I've even posted a picture of me with my hand inside the bronze hand of Thurl Ravenscroft, my hero. I think Liz is um, still playing with her music. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, actually. Yeah. No, keep going, guys. Good. You guys are on a roll. I, I, I'm just watch, listening to you guys banter, so please banter away. I'm all about sure. that. So go, go, go. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, in answer to your question, yeah, it's grueling sometimes. Comic-Con is the Baton Geek Death March. Uh, you have to strap on and be fully prepared to go, go, go for five or better days. People who okay. got in to see the Star Wars panel uh, in Hall H, the dreaded Hall H, uh, there were people lined up on Tuesday. Keep in mind, preview night wasn't till Wednesday. You couldn't That's actually right. get your badge and everything till the next day, let alone get in 
on uh, Friday to see it. So it's it's a little bit craziness. There's a, there's a lot of cray cray going on there. But did you the make end, it in the? Did you make it to any of the Q and A's? I, I made it to a lot of uh, panels. Uh, unfortunately, with Star Wars, I didn't make it into Hall H. Fortunately, what they do is they have breakout rooms uh, a lot at, a, at the adjoining Omni Hotel, and uh, you can actually see uh, the the panels and the questioning going on. You just you can't get up and you can't ask the panels. In the case of Star Wars, I didn't get one of the cool lightsabers that everyone else got, and I didn't oh. get uh, a ticket and, and uh, marched out by J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams to go around back of the convention to hear uh, a symphonic Star Wars orchestra oh. play. <laughs> but I have to say, I have absolutely loved J.J. Abrams since Alias in 2000, 2001. That was like my favorite show. And I went on to Lost, and I have followed him everywhere. I am not joking when I say I absolutely adore everything that man does. Well, I'm starting to warm up to him. Um, uh, of course, I wasn't, what's the word, um, entirely thrilled with what he did to Star Trek, Death of a Franchise, <laughs> um, uh, I, Star Trek, White Con. I didn't like... White Con. Are you okay? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's fine. I, I, I'm, I'm a little I concerned no, I that Han and Chewie will actually be able to see over all that lens flare coming off the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I, I have concerns. Let's put it that way. I actually want to say this about J.J. Abrams right now. I, first of all, detested his Star Trek movie. His second one, As and well, marginally likes the first one. Okay. Oh my God! But I'm going to say this. I think he's not going to make that mistake with Star Wars, because when he took those films, he was like, "Well, I'll make better movies because I've never seen Star Trek and I'm not a fan." Blah blah blah. He's a huge dorky ass fan of Star Wars. He's a dork, dork, yeah. just like the rest of us when it comes to Star Wars. So I think he's actually he's going to understand. He, he gets Star Wars. He understands it, and and his movies have more propensity for that spectacle anyway. So I think, you're I right. think he's going to do fine. Well, so. uh, although Super 8 kind of bit Wang. So, you know, we'll see. Super but 8 I, is I, good I, until literally the last oh my five God. minutes of that movie. Oh, my God. It is so not good. Have you seen anything that Spielberg's done? Then you've already seen Super 8. Pretty much. I, I, look, <laughs> I it, was, it was okay. Yeah, it, did, it, it did have a very oh. E.T. vibe about it. Oh, my God. So, well, we're going to have to agree awful. to disagree on this one because you're wrong. Look, but, um, no, but you're right. Like the five minutes, <laughs> that last five minutes was so bad that it ruined everything else that happened before it. And and there's even a decent kid performance right. in there, but I would expect that from Spielberg. But they also do the shameless thing of keeping the monster design in the dark when they have the money to show it. Ugh. Anyway. I, yeah, okay. I, I just, no. I, I don't think the last five minutes ruined it because I don't think it was good enough to ruin. Thank but you. I, I, I think it got a lot worse in the last five minutes. I'll give you that. I'll totally give you that. Oh, my God. Also, that was uh, so no, beautiful. no, I'm brutal. I'm yeah, brutal, and that's how it is. Um, Star Trek I'm even worse on. I have a friend who says uh, Star Trek is fanfic and bad fanfic, and, and I'd go along with that. And uh, same for Star Trek 
the, the aptly named Star Trek in the Darkness. No one even bothered no, to throw in a semicolon. It's just Star Trek in the Darkness. No, no. And yes, it does. Wow. Um, if, if you don't, if if you don't mind that the characters, Bach and Uhura and everyone else, are missing, and just people with their names are in the films, then it's fine. It's absolutely great. Uh, look, I'm actually going to demand that Zachary Kinto is actually really good in the Star Trek movies. I like to think that I agree. of the movies that are He's strong. He's fantastic. And I thought he was excellent as Spock, and I'd actually want to see him more. And honestly, I'm going to be there bells and whistles for the third film, partly because of who wrote it. Uh, you know, with yes. Simon Pegg behind the helm, I, I'm deathly curious what this well, is going to be like. So, I, I am too, you know. but keep in mind, Simon Pegg was the same guy who, after Star Trek in the Darkness, was voted the worst Star Trek film of all effing time. <laughs> by the fans at the big Star Trek convention in Las Vegas said, fuck you, what do you guys know? So keep that in mind when you say, yay, Simon Pegg. This is also the guy who recently said, oh, my goodness, why are there all these comic book movies cluttering up my cinema? That's not exactly what he said. That's the only time I've ever been pissed off at I'm barely paraphrasing. I know, I know. <laughs> and then he went on to make a, and then he went on made on to make a series of small art horror films. I, I believe the next one is a little thing, um, Mission Impossible Five. Um, oh, no. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see if he's playing Mission or Five or Impossible. I, I don't know, but I, I'm open to it. Is what I'm saying here. And no, no, it's uh, going to be it's fun. Gonna, it's going to be big. It's, no, things are going to blow up. But, you know, at the same the time. Die. Let the horse die, guys. Anyway. <laughs> and actually, uh, we did see some Simon Pegg at Comic-Con because he is, as has been rumored, he is going to be in uh, The Force Awakens. He's playing an alien. I saw the footage of him, like, being shot, and he was like, the best day yeah. of my life was what he said, which, yeah. I think he I said his like, whole life had that. been leading up to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, yes, I, I totally get it, completely get it. <laughs> you know, Star Wars has owned my own life. You know, I saw I was four. Four years old. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what a four-year-old watching Star Wars is like? You know, it's like all these kids that saw Frozen last year. You know, two years ago. Right. It just kind of it just changes your chemistry, and you're forever hooked. Yeah. You know, that was so, the way Star I, Wars was for me, and musicals. So. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. Same here, Erin. <laughs> um, so I have a question, Erin. Aaron, Aaron, yeah, Aaron Cuz. I have to make sure I'm the right one. Aaron Cuz. You didn't like okay, my suggestion for gargantua red and gargantua green? I did, but I didn't have time to process it because I was getting ready for. I was I was talking to my first guest, but I, I didn't understand. see that. So, um, <laughs> but I have a question about being in Hall H, and and be be, yes. be careful because we we aren't that we don't like shaming people. But I just want to know how healthy the original cast was looking. Um, surprisingly good, actually. You know, everyone was really concerned, of course, about Harrison Ford and, you know, whether he would even be able to get down there after uh, a pretty serious uh, airplane accident. If you remember, he, he crashed uh, just after takeoff. He, he barely managed to swing his uh, single-engine plane around and almost make it back to the field um, at 
Star Wars Celebration, uh, they actually made a joke. I forget who it was, but someone said, only Harrison Ford, because he crash-landed on a golf course. Uh, someone said, only Harrison Ford could crash-land right where there were at least three to five doctors in front yes, of him. And, and, in fact, that was actually the case on the golf course. He, he was immediately tended to. But he looked great. Um, Peter Mayhew is getting up there, our, our lovable Chewbacca. Um, but everyone else looked really, really good. Um, Mark Hamill looks really good and spry and um, full of piss and vinegar, man. Uh, I kind of love that. About <laughs> awesome. <him. laughs> I, I, I also want to say about Mark Hamill, I totally agree with him. He should be voicing the Joker in The Killing. And please, Are please do that. How freaking yeah. exciting is that? Mark Hamill is Joker in Killing Joke. Hell's to yeah. the yeah. Please, uh, can I have so, Please, please, and he might have had, please do that. He, he might have had my favorite line, too. The voice of the Joker, just hands down right um, there. Well, at, he is my favorite Joker, period. I, <laughs> I, know, he is I don't blame you. I don't blame uh, you. Have you played any of the um, Arkham Knight um, video games? I have. That yes, he voices not, Joker on? Yeah. Holy crap. He needs I mean, more than I... <laughs> If you're playing that at night and he's laughing at you and his voice is echoing through the halls, that shit oh, is killing crazy. you. Right? Right? The only thing worse was freaking Killer Croc popping up every now and again to make me wet myself. Wow, wetting yourself. That's so nice. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Killer Croc is scary remember, enough. Just remember to wear your weapons. Very Right, very important. I was going to say, Mark Hamill might have had the best line on the stage. One of the fans uh, asked the cast members whether they thought they'd ever be returning to this galaxy a long time ago, far, far away. And Harrison Ford said no, never occurred to him. But, you know, he was so excited after he read the script and saw where it was going. And, you know, he, he was very much the Harrison Ford dream and actor. And he said something about... Uh, how it was great to return to where he'd started as a professional actor and da-da-da. And Mark Hamill just had some, this off-the-cuff little thing. I'm just glad they didn't send me back to Tashi Station to pick up power converters. And, of course, Yay! the entire hall went crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, have you seen this well, uh, movie that he was in called Sushi Girl? Where he was yeah. the bad no, guy? But, but it's on my good. freaking um, Netflix queue. I need to see that. It is entertaining as hell. Yes, it um, is. It is so good. Uh, who's, who's the and gentleman from a uh, Candyman who's in that that I love so much? Tony, Tony Todd. Todd. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch anything with Tony Cox in it. I don't care. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, He's awesome. He rules. Aaron, I don't want to hear about it. I keep inviting you to come out to the East Coast, and all three of us have met Tony Todd at conventions. I know we have. I've oh, met I know. I have Yeah, so you, you, you need to come out, and I will introduce Damn. you to Tony Todd. And he's in one of my favorite uh, Star Trek DS9 episodes, too. He is a regular on the horror circuit in our area, so you got to come out well, and see him. That's he it. Is. I'm coming out really? there. I Clear haven't seen him listed for anything this year. Have you? No, I haven't seen it. Actually, I think he did one of the big cons, like WonderCon or something like that, a few weeks ago. But uh, I haven't seen much on him lately. Maybe take a year off. He's been working. Yeah, so yeah. that's good. Uh, Working's good. But I, I still haven't had the chance to meet him. So, 
Well, oh, well, he's, well, he's, he's one of the few I still have to meet, and I have to meet Malcolm McDowell. Oh, well, yeah. He's a, yeah, yeah, Malcolm McDowell was cool. He was at Comic-Con three years ago. They did an exclusive little bust of him as an old little Alex. That was really kind of cool, and he was signing those. That would have been cool. Even my 13-year-old daughter. No, she's freaking crap. I showed it to her when she was 13. (laughs) I showed her Clockwork Orange, and she's even got like the... uh, She's got one of the Alex shirts with the with the milk ladies on it that says got milk nice. on it. Nice. That's like awesome. That. School and yeah, the kids I, awesome I, Kubrick. Got to do it, you know, you just have to. <laughs> so I haven't showed my kid a Kubrick film yet, but she's only five, so she's got time. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, real, real quick, because we're gonna we're gonna pull out in a few minutes and take a small break. But I wanted to because we got a couple minutes to talk with you still. Uh, I was gonna ask about what kind of swag and toys did you pick up? Um, I picked up a good deal of swag, a good deal of silly toys. Um, you probably read the article that I posted about how Funko was a nachtmare again this year. No one Always. knowing what the hell they're doing over there. Oh, we're giving out tickets. No, there are no tickets this year. That's kind of BS. Um, the big one, I think, uh, Hasbro had part of their Black Series Star Wars figures, uh, the New Order uh, Star Wars Troopers. Uh, clone, clone troopers, and uh, those sold out right away. Um, there was nothing left by the end of Friday's show, I think. And uh, I did manage, I, I collect Gentle Giants, large figures, big figures, Star Wars figures. Uh, they've been made, so if you're an adult, they're kind of almost to scale reproductions of the little action figures you played with when you were a kid, and that just tickles me to no end. I had picked up the C-3PO that was the uh, Star Wars Celebration exclusive at uh, Celebration uh, a little while back. So I had to get R2-D2, which was this year's exclusive, as well as Boba Fett. So I got both of those. Um, Marvel, uh, which, as you know, is now Disney-owned, decided to do a series of pins uh, based on, uh, gosh, the... um, Scott, Scott Shaw's artwork, uh, and he does them kind of as little kids, and those were ridiculously popular. I managed to get some of those, uh, some for myself and some for my pin-collecting friends. As far as swag goes, um, I, as always, the uh, the bags that they give us, the big freaking bags to put all our, our swag and crap in, uh, those were very, very popular Dominion had a bag with angel wings coming off the side. I think they probably win the bag wars this year. Uh, Superman versus Batman, Dawn of Justice, had a very nice bag with the logo on it. Um, in fact, all the WB stuff, Arrow and the rest, all had really nice-looking bags. And then um, Scream Factory and Shout Factory... Yeah who, uh, if you're genre fans, I cannot recommend enough. They have just the best products. They're constantly bringing back things that we enjoyed. 
as kids that you can't find anywhere else and doing really nice versions on DVD and Blu-ray. They did, again, a set of buttons. Uh, This year, Screen Factory's buttons um, advertising more blood-curdling Blu-rays are just around the coffin. (laughs) Uh, They did The Sentinel, The Legacy, Shocker, uh, Tales from the Crypt, uh, A Demon Knight and Bordello Blood, and An Army of Darkness Button. I did pick up an extra set, so if you want to make that a prize for one of your uh, Sexy Witches listeners, I will be happy to mail one out to however you want to do a little contest for that. Uh, That is so sweet of you. Thank you. Wow, this is Second thing we've been given today on this show. I just want to say, so thank you, everybody, for such being such generous people. <laughs> so we'll talk about that later. Awesome. And so, Aaron, I'm going to actually break off and take a small break, and I'll explain why in a second. But um, I'm going to come back right at the top of the hour. And would you like to continue the talk? Because we're going to continue to talk about conventions for the next hour or so. And yeah. James Harris is also coming on and talk about some cons in his area that are happening in the next few days. And please, and we also would like to talk to you about D23, because that's also coming up. And the next time we hear from you, you will have gone to D23. So, Absolutely. Uh, so, so hold on the line, and see witches, hold on the line, because what I'm going to do is we're going to go into our horror convention talk in a few minutes. And um, But what I'm going to do is I'm going to repeat an interview that I did a couple weeks ago with Joe Ripple on the show. It's live. I made a couple mistakes. I'm young and stupid at this, so uh, I apologize for getting some of my fact-checking incorrect. But the interview is good, and it teaches um, about Scares at Care Weekend, which myself and Aaron Marie are going to. We're going. It's a nonprofit horror convention, so it's a little bit on its own. Its own monster, literally, figuratively, in every way you could think of. It's awesome. Uh, so, uh, so let me put that on, and then we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll bring Doc Terror on and continue our talk. So, it's about thir- see you guys in thirteen minutes. So, I'm gonna go to our guest. Um, Mrs. Guy is great, doing us a great favor, and I really thank you for being on. This is Joe Ripple. <gasps> he was the founder, of, I believe, of Horror Find here in Hunts Valley, Maryland, and he also was is now the founder and promoter of Scares That Cares, the nonprofit organization, and the Scares That Care Weekend. So welcome to the Sexy Witches, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Just to clarify, I was not, not the founder or the promoter of Horror Find Weekend. I was, however, the head of security for a number of years for that show. Um, okay, thank so, you. So Scares the Care is a separate entity uh, from the Horrifying Weekend Convention. So can you talk a little bit about um, Scares the Care and the nonprofit? Because one of the things that's different about the, all the other cons we've been talking about, right now we were just talking about San Diego Comic Con and Fan Expo and Wizard World, mm-hmm. which are rather large entertainment groups. You, on the other hand, have... Scares of Care is a nonprofit organization horror con and one of the most unique horror cons that way in the whole country. So can you talk a little bit about your organization and how it evolved into this weekend event? Uh, sure. Scares of Care was founded back in 2006. Um, for your listeners, uh, should be noted I'm a retired police officer. And at the time I was on the job and a friend of mine, my partner actually, had a three-year-old daughter who contracted a brain tumor that was inoperable. She passed shortly after she turned four years old. 
and I was one of the pallbearers at her funeral, and it just was absolutely devastating to the family, as it would be to any family. And I thought, if there was a way that I could ever do something to give back to people that need it, I would do it. But from working at Horror Find and seeing how kind and generous the horror community was, um, I put two and two together and came up with Scares the Care. As a natural progression, we attended several conventions around the country, um, along with, you know, attending at Horrifying, and it's just a natural progression for us to migrate into doing our own show, and we're actually doing our second convention uh, this coming July. Uh, last year, I, I had the honor of going for a couple of days, and one of the highlights of last year was you, sir, walking around with this ginormous pink bra as we were all stuffing money into it to pay for uh, 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 my friend, Aaron, has actually been the one who graciously has donated this year's bra to you. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the uh, more unusual ways that you fundraise? It's not just about the signatures and the celebrities, though you always have a nice, solid guest list going on. But there's a lot of little mini fundraisers all through it and little contests and auctions, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about that as well. What makes you, it makes you a little bit different than the rest of the horror cons because it's not just about going there to uh, for nostalgia. We actually are in a common goal of helping fight real monsters, as you say. Right. Well, the, the, the premise behind the charity was I did some research, and I found that there was not really an avenue for horror fans to give back if they choose to do so. Um, they didn't have their own kind of charity. So that was a way that I said, let's let's do this, let's do this not only for the people that we want to help, but for the horror fans as well, something that they can get behind and support if they choose to do so. If they want to donate to a different charity, that's fine, that's fantastic. Anytime anybody gives back to anyone, you know, we're always very grateful for that. Um but part of the charity was I didn't want it to be me just sticking my hand out and saying, hey, can you give me $5 we're collecting for this family. I wanted it to be something where people could donate and get a shot glass or donate and get a T-shirt or well, we do our online donation days through Facebook and people have a chance to win some pretty cool autographed merchandise and props and things like that just for donating 5 bucks, And doing that, we've been able to kind of really get our name out there. We, our Facebook page is um, 105,000 fans now, which we're, you know, very grateful for. And it's just, it's, I just wanted to be respectful of the people that were donating and allow them to either get something or attempt to get something for their donation because money's tight these days. And, you know, to to try to run a charity, especially when the when the housing market dropped out in 2008, I mean, it, it was really, really tough. So, um, yeah, the pink bra, that, that's, that's an homage. We, we select three families each year, one uh, that has a very sick or terminally ill child, uh, a child that's been severely burned in our partnership with Kane Hodder. And as I grew up in the 80s, you couldn't go see a horror movie in the 80s without seeing a topless woman running across the screen. So we uh, we select a lady who's fighting breast cancer, and we donate to her as well. So and that's the reason for the bra. That's wonderful, and uh, we love everything you do. And thank you for 
doing this, it makes me honored to go to something knowing that there's actually going to be a lot of give back. Even though I do appreciate a good con and a good nostalgia fest, it's sometimes really knowing that your nostalgia is being put towards a good cause. Now, you've been in cons of security. You've been in cons as a promoter. And to the ordinary con visitor, what would what would your advice be to survive a really busy con day, for example? Um, I think I think conventions run into a problem where, look, let's be honest. People don't mind waiting if they want to be able to meet a celebrity. What people can't stand is disorganization, and I think that as long as you let people know what's going on they're fine waiting in line as long as they know what's happening. Um, and that's been the biggest thing I see. People, you know, if they're at a, a show and it's really not uh, well organized, people are saying, you know, you know, somebody just tell me what's going on. You know, you can see the complaints on Facebook just like everybody else can. And it's just a matter of making sure that, you know, you are patient, you are aware of what's going on, if there's somebody you really want to meet, make sure you get there early. Um, try not to be hungover from the night before because that just makes your weight that just makes your weight a little bit less bearable. Um, and just be kind and be patient. I mean, especially if it's a big name guest. Uh, with our show, we we purposely did not um, try to bring in any big name guests, any super big names, because invariably what happens is if you have a show and you have four or five, let's call them headliners, uh, everybody's waiting in line. Nobody's spending any money in the vendor's room, so the vendors aren't happy. The other celebrities aren't making money because everybody else is in, you know, this other celebrities' line, so they're not happy. And it's just, you know, it's just you have to be able to properly manage the convention so that everybody is satisfied by going there and appearing there. Is there anybody that you, sir, I know because you are the man of composure, You, but you, there has to be one or two people that you've met over your career that really sent you into geek mode. Can you, do you have anybody like that? All of us have been sharing our geek stories where we just could not handle ourselves in the fan, even though we all try to pretend like we're very, you know, stir, you know stout and, and professional. Is there anyone like that that did that to you? Um. I, I had a similar question asked on a different podcast about a week or so ago. And from being a police officer and a police detective, especially doing the security aspect of it, you know, there are a lot of celebrities that you come in and you basically I was asked, you know, was there any one celebrity that you, that you really wanted to go gaga over? And, you know, when you're doing that type of function, you can't allow yourself to become enamored with one particular celebrity because if you do, then you would potentially, you know, not pay attention to what's going on with the other celebrities. You could create a problem. So I think for me, one person who I would really like to meet, um, not necessarily in the horror genre, um, is Gary Oldman. I'd really like to meet him. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal actor. Tim Curry, um, you know, everybody's seen the images by now on Facebook and things like that of his appearance. At the Tony Awards, I'd love to meet him, um, and I, I really just think it's 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 it would be an honor just to sit down and chat with him a bit, as opposed to um, you know getting worked up about you know meeting them and getting an autograph because you know it's it's 
I guess I'm a little bit different because you've been been in these kinds of situations so many times, um, you know, high stress situations that it really doesn't phase you that much. But I think those two gentlemen are are actors that I would really like to meet. And we've got Piper Laurie coming to our show, who's worked with you know all of the big name actors in Hollywood, you know, 40s and 50s and things like that. So just to be able to listen to her tell a few stories, I think is going to be a is going to be a real treat. Well, that is wonderful. Once again, thank you for calling. Which, um, before I let you go, would you like to talk about the auctions that are closing on eBay? If you're attending Scares at Cares, and by the way, Scares at Cares is in Williamsburg, Virginia, and uh, you can go to their Facebook page, like you said, or to their website. Google comes right up. Is there? Um, but there's three auctions involved, and once mm-hmm. again, the money goes to charity. Uh, talk about that, and then thank you for coming, sir. Oh, sure, sure. And if I can preface my uh, talk about the auctions by just saying that um, Scares the Care is an all-volunteer organization. Um, Our leadership and our members, we accept no salaries and no paychecks for what we do. So after we pay the hotel bills and things like that, all the money that's left over goes to families in need. So we have our three families selected for this year. And the auctions, um, we have a costume contest. So we're auctioning off a chance to sit with the celebrities and help judge the costume contest, which will be on Saturday night. And then uh, late Saturday afternoon, we're having a Makeup Wars master class between uh, face-off contestants Roy Woolley and R.J. Hattie, who are both on the face-off series. And we have each one of their makeup chairs uh open for an opportunity for a fan to be made up by one of these two fantastic makeup artists. So I just want to tell you that, well, I'm sorry to interrupt there, but I wanted to let you know that Jenny and Queenie and myself are both huge fans of Face Off, uh, mm-hmm. and so Jenny's on. from West Virginia, so she loves RJ, and Roy, is he's our hero, just so you know. Yeah, sorry and, to and they're both, that's okay, they're both super nice guys, and they're, and they're they 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 really become very very friendly um, to to the to the convention and, and to the uh, on the last year if you were there uh, R J dressed up as Dumbledore and um, did a fantastic job and he's sitting there sweating in all of these robes and all this makeup and I I ran and got a wet towel and put it behind his neck and he he uttered something to me which I cannot share with anybody but uh, let's just say that it was. Uh, <laughs> It was pretty comical, and uh, we got a good laugh out of it. So really good guys, They and, and all the celebrities that are going to be there, um, you know, they know what they're coming for and what they're, what they're, what the reason is. Everybody wants to be there to, 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 you know, just give back and help somebody else that might not be as fortunate as them. So we're grateful for that. Well, thank you again. I keep thanking you because I'm a little new at this radio thing, so sometimes I repeat myself. But really, thank you again, and I will see you in July, and we will have a follow-up and see how everything is going, and um, you will uh, keep fighting the good fight, sir. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on with you. And that was a repeat of an interview with Joe Ripple, the founder of Scares That Cares, a nonprofit organization, and the Scares That Cares weekend, which myself and Erin Marie, Sexy Witches, are going to go to. 
uh, this weekend in Williamsburg, Virginia. I also want to thank him once again for coming on the show. And, yep, I sure do repeat myself when I'm nervous. I was actually, ladies, (laughs) geeking out on him a little bit because it was like my first serious real call-in from a quote-unquote celebrity or real person, if you know what I'm saying. Everybody else at this point, I, up to that point, I had known. Even even Jamie Duvall and I are very close, and he brought the vid- he brought the interview with Tom Six. He actually did the interview with Tom Six. We didn't do that. Uh, so I, I was all geeking out on my end. So well, thank you. I'm fun. getting better about that. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, you, you know, I still – I I still get nervous every show. I get nervous. It's kind of funny. So uh, now while we're on the break, I had my next person call in. Aaron's going to stay with us and continue our talks about convention culture. But I also want to bring in my next person, and he's going to also talk about convention culture. And then we all, and even though Aaron doesn't know much about it, he's going to talk with us anyways about my special thing that I do uh, in October, the Halloween horror movie Marathon Madness, which is in its preview week on Facebook. So uh, you can go to that group page, join the group, and read about Creatures of the Deep and what the madness is, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, let me play some music. I, I, I uploaded a special song just for... James, let's see if it works better than what I did for uh, uh, Aaron. So hold on, let's see if this works. <laughs> all right, I don't. The sound has been all over the place. Uh, you got kicked off at one point during the interview. That was really funny. Um, <laughs> is it is it working or not? I can't even tell. I, I can't, can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, barely. Seriously. How's that? That sounds good. Okay. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to – Oh, there we I go. I like that. That's good. Oh, it actually sounds good. Okay. So let me bring on my next guest. Uh, he is one of the or, – or he is uh, one of the best bloggers in horror. Okay. He's one of my favorite collaborators. Ah, hello, music. <laughs> All right. Bring your bitch down. All right. Back to, back to where I was. <laughs> We have fucked up every intro today. That's excellent. Um, he's first of all, he is the owner of Doctor Terror's Blog of Horrors and also the new website Horror Sexy, which covers horror exploitation as well as festivals in the NYNJPA area. Uh, he collaborates with my good friend Frank Browning, who just designed my business card. Thank you, Frank. Uh, and uh, uh, his friend Sean O'Connor on 8-Bit Trailers from Hell, which are wonderful. If you ever want to see some cool 8-Bit fake trailers for games, go to 8-Bit Trailers from Hell. Uh, you can find his writings all over the web, uh, especially on the Liberal Dead, and you can also listen to him on the Dead Air podcast and his own podcast, Horror Sexy. The man is also a new dad. Where does he have the time? We have no fucking clue. But welcome to the show, and thank you as always, Dr. James Harris. How are you doing, sir? Uh, thank you for having me. So nice to talk uh, how, to you again, Liz. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm great. That was just a fake voice. I was just using a fake voice. It was funny. No, oh, uh, I'm okay, actually good. Yeah. I'm not sleeping as much because the baby likes to wake up exactly when I'm about to go to sleep. Which has meant watching many more late night movies, so it's helping the whole it's the the whole cause. Helping, yeah. That's it. The baby is giving you the extra time you need. Exactly, she knows what I need, and I know that she just wants a baba. 
it's mutual. It's like it's like symbiotic almost. It's not like a parasitic thing at all. It's like symbiotic. <laughs> That's good. So, what have you been watching lately? Oh man. Uh, well, uh, you know, some Italian stuff actually. I, I was going to be doing an Italian horror week uh, this coming week, actually the next week, but uh, like I do every year. But unfortunately, uh, despite the fact that I've had more time to watch movies, writing while holding a baba is very tricky. Uh-huh. So I haven't had as much time to create and generate content, and it's just been kind of a nightmare. So. I'm still watching plenty of Italian horror. You know, Anthropophagus just came out from 88 Films, Zombie Holocaust. Uh, you know, classics. Still good family wholesome stuff. It's really good for midnight feedings. My, first, uh, my firstborn, uh, Ava, is uh, going to be proficient in giallo because I was doing a giallo challenge. While uh, Ava is going to be, uh, sorry, Nora is going to be proficient in the video nasties of uh, Italy. You know, uh, it, it, just passing the, the, the gene along, that's all you're doing, or the meme along, you know. It, it's going to get ingrained in their DNA, and then their kids forever will be hooked on, for some reason, obsessed with leather gloves, and they won't know why. And uh, that's how <laughs> So the legacy of James Harris will be all these kids running around with leather gloves going, what's going on? So, uh, where's my I, I sing them to sleep using the little gizmo song like the, that Gizmo would sing to Billy in the first Gremlins uh-huh. movie. That's how I lullaby them. Yep. <laughs> Works great. They, they pass out every time. They kind of stroke their forehead and sing that. They're done. <laughs> Well, that's great. Actually, Ava was really a fan of the Tales from the Crypt, the TV show, uh, uh, Danny Elfman's score. Yeah. Oh, the TV show. I ended up watching, that's what I had to do, the last horror, uh, the madness, because I had absolutely no Wi-Fi whatsoever, so I had to completely depend on my DVD collection. So I ended up, like, power watching the first season of Tales from the Crypt. I did that last year too, not for the madness, but for just for fun. My, uh, let's see, my wife bought me the first disc for uh, Father's Day, and then I found out that they're all at Walmart for like seven bucks a piece, and I was like, that's uh, easy. Yeah, that was like golden. Oh. I and bought them all. Yeah, now I'm gonna have to go buy them all. <laughs> I miss Tales from the Crypt. They really need to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, that last you know how- one, the last season that wasn't all that great, is actually the hardest one to come by, and I think it actually sells for a little bit more money. And you're like. Oh, but it sucks, but I want to be completist. Feels feels <laughs> naughty. Well, you know how they keep rebooting television shows and different things like that. Tales from the Crypt is something that you can be reboot without having to repeat. Yep. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So many stories. And so many good uh, anthology horror comics coming out now that are filled with good writers. So I, I think that there's... I mean, you don't even have to dig into the William M. Gaines era. You can, like, be, like, hip and now and relevant... And you can continue exactly. that legacy. Yeah, it's so great. Just as long as nobody talks to the people who created Creep Show Three, we're good. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day because I was watching Let's Make a Deal, and I was thinking, how many times have they like rebooted this game show? But it's still as entertaining as it ever was. You know, if anybody gives me a chance to remake a movie, I'm going to remake Creep Show Three. And it's not going to be Creep Show 3. I mean, probably, I mean, Cast in the, the Dark Side of the movie is really Creep Show 3. So, in all fairness, I'd just continue that series. That would be it. But I haven't made a single movie or even written anything for a movie. So, we're good. No one's going to, there's no danger. 
I, I think you might actually t- want to try to write a screenplay, honestly, James. You know the aesthetic well enough. It might be fun. might be fun. I definitely want to make it entertaining and funny. So, I mean, that's Creepshow, right? That's like, you know, I like short – I write short stories every so often. So that would be probably the perfect uh, starter. You know, at least try a short, try a second short, try to make them feel – you know, have a similar feel, mm-hmm. you know, similar yeah, shooting totally. style. You know, it, you know, it took me a long time to own myself as a writer because I didn't write many screenplays or short stories, and I was like, well, but but then I realized because of my job, I literally write every single day, like like letters and letters and letters. And believe it or not, even that improves your writing skills. And one day I sat down and said, look, I'm going to write a fucking screenplay. I can do it. And I did. I wrote the screenplay. So, you know, you know it's what, possible. You and know what I, I do is know, I, I storyboard. Uh, movies, and I use uh, popular heavy metal and already existing soundtracks, probably much in the way that you might imagine like a Quentin Tarantino might do it, like, hey, this is the scene where the guy in the chicken suit puts the woman on the meat slicer (laughs) and carves her up and then serves her to patrons. Well, turns out that's really great when you set it to Johnny Cash's Flesh and Blood. So, you know, in my mind, I've written all these things, but they're really just like storyboards based on songs, like musical storyboards. I have absolutely five amazing movie ideas in my head. But I, every short story, every book I've ever tried to write in my entire life, I get like one or two chapters and then I'm like, I lose interest. What I need to do is somebody like John Carpenter or Adam Green or somebody just needs to hire me as an idea person and collaborate. That way they can write what's in my head. I love it. Yet, Queenie, who's being extremely significantly quiet in the corner there, uh, she's one of the few of us that actually has been published. I have been published. Um, Not anything film-wise. I'm still working on doing a film, but uh, I've had fiction and nonfiction published, so yeah. So I'm, I'm so she can both but it's about discipline and yeah, it really you have to stick with it. I have a real hard time even when I'm writing I write in like spurts. Like I'll sit down and like in three days I'll write like a lot of material, then I walk away and I can't deal with it for like three weeks. That's and that's not good because everyone's supposed to say you write every day and I'm like, oh, I can't though. I have to think about it. I, I'm like I have to actually map it out in my head before I can put it on paper. Which is, I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything uh, you know, wrong with the way you write. I don't think there's anything have, wrong you know. with the way you write. Just because everyone else does something doesn't mean you have to do it the way they do it. Yeah, I know. I, but, you know, they get worried about things like, you know, white space and block pages and, you know, there's all this other stuff that goes with screenwriting. Did that, you guys you know, ever see like, the, the movie, what was it, um, American Splendor? With, uh, it was all about Harvey Picar. Yeah, with Paul Giamatti. Right. Remember how he he was writing his comic books and he would just like stick figure it out and then he would have, you know, he'd write it and then you'd have somebody else come and illustrate it. Like I think about writing movies in that fashion, like I'm just going to storyboard it in true stick figure (laughs) fashion and see what comes out of it. That's a good idea. Why not? I mean, it worked for Harvey Peacock, right? So, I mean... So, uh, so okay. I'm sorry, I got 
I got lost for a minute, but I'm back. Uh, <laughs> it's been one of those kind of shows. Uh, I, it sounds like you guys were doing good without me, though. That's fabulous. I, I love Robert Clem and stuff like that. So that's what I'll say to add to that. But anyway, um, let's go. We're going to talk more about horror cons. But I actually want to bring Queenie, and I'm going to lead off with her, because we're all going to go see myself and Aaron are going to Scares of Cares, and we just did the video. And James is on to talk about Monster Mash. And, and Monster I Mania. Monster Mania. Oh, I apologize. Monster Mania, which is a way oh, different yeah. show. I, oh, yeah. Way different show. My apologies. Uh, Monster Mania. And, um, and, and Aaron's going to stay on so he can add some more stuff because he had, saw so much at San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm sure he'll have great anecdotes, so I wanted to keep him well, on Well, also, show. I should um, mention that um, I'm already planning to go with friends to Son of Monster Palooza out here. Uh, in Los Angeles, that's coming up in September, which looks great. Looks yeah, it does. Cool. Yeah. Ah, oh, is that the one that Harry Manfredi told me about? Oh, I think it is. Oh, he said it's amazing. I, I met uh, Harry Manfredi. Was uh, he's the um, composer of the Friday the Thirteenth music, the original Friday the Thirteenth music. Oh, and okay. and uh, when I was at Horrorhound Cincinnati, not this past year, but year before last, I basically ended up running errands for him like the whole weekend. And he was such a nice guy, but he was telling me about that, and it sounded like amazing. I really want to be there, so I'm actually kind of jealous now. <laughs> at least okay. one of the errands gets to go. You all go to the and I can't go to them because they're over there. But Queenie, you actually do have. You're going to the con of all cons, and you're going <laughs> in two weeks. So For we really want to. I want. I want to lead off with you because we're all talking about our little con, horror cons, medium size. But you're gonna pack up, go to Indianapolis, and do fucking Gen Con, which is the gamers yeah. con. Please. Talk about Gen Con. The floor (laughs) is yours, madame. Well, Gen Con is four days of intense geekery, pretty much. Like, anyone who loves video games, board games, um, anything that has games (laughs) attached to it, (laughs) this is your con, all right? And cosplayers, oh, man, there are amazing cosplayers that go to this con, like, um, they have like a, a parade of them and they walk around the whole entire con and you just see these beautiful costumes that they've probably been working on, you know, that they might have made for like Comic Con and then they're bringing it back for Gen Con, you know? Uh, so awesome. good. Um, I tend to do a lot of uh, LARPing because LARPing is my thing. I'm a nerd that way. And LARPing is live action role playing, for those who may not know. Um, we basically do kind of an improv thing, sometimes with foam weapons, depending on what the LARP is about. <laughs> I did an amazing LARP last year, actually, that had no, no uh, weapons, no costumes. We just were in a room, everybody, you know, in a shared universe kind of situation, and it was based off of H.P. Lovecraft. And I was this crazy old like, hag, and I got to summon Dagon, it was lovely. <laughs> was, was somebody asleep the whole time and everyone's like you know in a house in Raleigh or whatever you know Cthulhu yeah. is sleeping and everyone's like that's Cthulhu and he's like that's the drunk guy passed out <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun though because like they, they gave you pre 
uh, made characters is fun, and you don't have time to create things that's fun. So I was just like, I'm this crazy old lady cult. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Sweet. born for this role. <laughs> so what is your character that you are playing for this con? Um, well, I'm going to do a couple cosplays. I'm going to do my, probably going to do my Jigsaw cosplay, because it's a really good one that I have, and I really enjoy it. Um, I'm going to probably dress up as my barbarian character from my Alliance LARP game that I play. Her name is Ashita. She's an old barbarian who's seen some things. Um, my husband will probably be his character, Kel, who is um, a Miwi, which are like, they're kind of like elf people with horns. Um, and he, he dresses pretty fun with that costume. So, Cause us LARPers, we put money where our mouth is. Okay, Our costumes <laughs> tend to be elaborate. <laughs> elaborate, cos- almost the level of cosplay. You know what I mean? Like That's what we're striving for as LARPers. Like, this is who I am. <laughs> There'll probably be a lot of well, that, a lot of people in their costumes. Um, sorry? Are you going to say something? I was going to say, well, no, that's, I'm listening. I was going to ask you, <laughs> what is, what, is my, we, no, um, you, you, no you, you're brilliant. Um, oh, thank continue. you. Uh, um, I was going to ask, though, it's about your costumes are going to be elaborate, uh, but do you have anything organized? Like, are you actually doing a pro, like a LARP during the day where, you know, it's actually, are they actually running LARPs? Is that actually what's happening? I'm not running any LARP. No, no, no. That's crazy talk. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no. They, no, no, no. They're running LARPs at this thing. No, but I'm going to some LARPs. I'm going to go to some LARPs. Like, they have a dungeon crawl thing that uh, I forget what it's called every year, but it's amazing. And they have, like, these elaborate props for it, and there's puzzles that you have to actually physically manipulate. Oh, it's so fun. Um, you get, like, right, huh. Yeah, like, that does sound like a lot of fun. Like games we used to play at camp when I was young. Like, uh, but yeah. a lot more expensive, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just LARPing thinking of the Jurassic LARPing. Park game. Oh, Lord. LARPing is quite expensive. So we, yeah, Sorry. but I would ask a big favor of you. Not just okay. of you at the con. I want obviously. I want we want picks. Uh, as simple as that. But would you take no, some you of you guys getting dressed? We'd love to see you getting into your costume, which is, to me is just oh. as fascinating as walking around the floor. Yeah, like the transformation. Yeah, we'd love to see that if you would. I will. I'll see if I can get like someone to be my photographer. That'd be pretty that would cool. be fabulous. I mean, do what you can. I'm not asking you to yeah. spend any extra money or anything. I, I just like, <laughs> I just want to see. I want. I am curious about your process, and I want to see it because we don't talk a lot about gaming on the show, and that is definitely a subculture of fandom we need to cover quite a bit, especially on your end, Queenie. So please, we would love to join you on this journey if we can. If at some point you want to do a show where I can talk about LARP and. I could bring my husband on because he'll he'll talk your ear off. Believe me, uh, we'll, he loves love we'll more pro- than I do. Uh, we'll probably do that yeah. next season. That's my guess. Yeah. Is that yeah? You know, we definitely more than more because I also there want more than more for Tintin. There's there's like yeah, we got. Uh, I don't want to see from my point of this view. Is... LARP is what I want. I don't do the card game thing, and sometimes I'll do board games, but I'm not like really into them. There was a fun game though that they did. They did a con wide version of Werewolf. Have you heard of that game? Werewolves? Love werewolves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I have heard of it. 
the entire con, like, if you were into werewolves, you were in this game. You know what I mean? Like, nice. it was amazing. You can only do that as a con, you know what I mean? And it, wow, that's actually pretty awesome. So, was everyone's in on the joke and in on the game. It's just brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, that's what's fun about a lot Man. of geeks hanging out. Yes. When you took me to Third Eye Comics the last time I was at your house, I was actually looking at that card game, Werewolves. <laughs> I were. thought about it. I really thought about buying it for us and the kids to play that night. Well, well you know, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, maybe I'll bring Next it down time. to Scares of Care if I have time. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> So, uh, so great, Grand Gen Con. That's Queenie's going, and so you know, go say hi to her if you bump into her because she dresses up and all sorts of great stuff. And uh, I'm so glad that we get a little cover, and she'll recap it on our next show when we come back. And so, um, do you have a uh, Queenie? Before we pull away from you, because I'm going to bring everybody back in. Are you going to a horror convention in any time in the near future, or have you been to one this year yet? I don't remember. Okay. I'm sorry. So you I, I have been to one. I am going to one. I have been to one, and I, ha- I am going to one. I, I was at um, Crypticon. Crypticon, that's right. Like, you did go to We talked about that, didn't we? Yep. Yep. And this year, they're having the first ever Living Dead convention from my magazine that I write for. That's so right. That we did talk about this, but that's good to remind yeah. me. Thank you. So, so, that's so the one we, I can we have forward to. Yeah, so that's great. So we got more to talk about. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm just all over the map. So, uh, But we all have these horror cons to go to in the next few weeks. And uh, we're going to Scares at Cares. Once again, we talked about it's a nonprofit organization. But Monster Mania, I, I have to say, I keep wanting to go. Because Terry Gill, New Jersey, has the best cons probably in the eastern seaboard. And what I mean by that is like Scares at Cares is a nice – quality set of people, uh, regulars, but Monster Mania, uh, I keep wanting to say Monster Mania, Monster Mania has one of the best lineups, I think, to date. I actually think the lineup's even better than Indianapolis Days of the Dead in its own way. So, James, would you talk about Monster Mania, which is coming up on the same weekend as Gen Con? Can you believe it? They're happening the same weekend. So it's actually, I think it's about two weeks earlier than it ever usually is. The, the Cherry Hill, New Jersey, the summer show is usually in August. And I usually can't go because it's my wife's birthday weekend. And no matter how much I try to squeeze myself away, I, I really can't. So this one is its pretty packed. I mean, there's a little something for everybody. Uh, you know, the, the guest list, I just keep looking through it. I'm like, man, they got like something. Some like, like we've got screen guests. You know, everyone from Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich to Roger Jackson You've got some uh, the kaiju actors and, and the one kaiju artist. Um, you've got Malcolm McDowell, Brad Dourif. Daniel Harris is returning to the, the con scene. That's pretty big. Uh, you know, some, some kind of, I would call them throwaway characters from The Walking Dead. Um, and my big thing, and this is like a childhood fantasy almost happening, is that, like, the members of White Zombie are going to be there sans... Uh, Rob Zombie, so that's kind of that's kind of a big deal. And I also hopefully get to meet Sid Haig this time. The last Monster Mania, he was supposed to be there. He got sick, and I, I didn't get to meet him, and I've heard he's fantastic. Uh, so I'm just really, really excited uh, 
actually Garrett Graham too, um, big fan of Fan of the Paradise, so that should be fun. Yeah. So, like, like I don't usually go into Monster Mania thinking that I'm going to go spend a bunch of money on autographs. I usually go into Monster Mania thinking I really want to see what obscure, stupid movies I can find, and I want to find magazines and old comic books. That's kind of what I usually look for at Monster Mania. They don't have a really good, you know, vinyl selection, and it's not like a big toy show. You don't go there and find vintage toys. That's Chiller. Chiller's got all the vintage stuff. So this time around, though, I feel like I'm going to be really putting my money into autographs, and that's just a, it, uh, it's going to be a lot more lines intensive for me this time around. And hope, I mean, I'm hoping with such a diverse selection of people and just really a amazing quality lineup. I mean, it's one of the best I've seen. Without, and I, I hate to say, not a true headliner, because I don't see like a Robert England. And it's not a John Carpenter. It's not a George Romero. I mean, Neff Campbell's great. But I don't see, like, a true, like, headliner here. And so I'm kind of thinking that means that the uh, the, the crowds could just be kind of all over the place. And I like that. You know, there, there could be a time where I could actually get on some of these lines and not wait, you know, 45 minutes per line. But, That's uh, the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of these people I love. To, I love to meet a lot of the people. I like to hang out with some buddies. But there's also the economy of being able to just to get through the line and get to the next, you know. This, with the amount of people I'd like to meet at this thing, it's about just trying to get through the line. I'm only going to one day, which sucks. But oh. all I can kind of put together. However, I am going Saturday for the first time in my history of going to Monster Mania. I always go Friday night. And that's just, you know, I, I leave work early, hop on down there, and then make it home by, you know, sometime like 2 in the morning. But hmm. This will be a, this will be a first where I get to spend all day on the most chaotic day of the con. Hmm. So I would hope that you would also share some pics with us uh, and and your adventures at Monster Mania because, uh, like I said, that one's always a great time, and uh, I'm so glad to get to go this year. And uh, you know, and I hope also um, that you get to go with us. I, I'm going to be at probably at Italian Splatterfest at Colonial Theater at the first week of September. I was talking with um, a guest earlier, and I'm hoping that you will also be joining us for not only Splatterfest, but for the episode before it, because we are going to do Italian horror on that one with uh, uh, yeah. Chris Gro- And Chris Garofalo is our special guest, and I know that you know him, and I would sure you'd love to chat high horror with Chris. If you're going to Monster Media, Chris Garofalo will be there. And he will be signing oh, two right. special you. prints, and he's got one screen print that looks just freaking cool as hell. And I cannot remember the other one, but it was also very cool. Classic quilt face, very cool stuff. So I can't wait to see him, and hopefully I can, you know, uh, hand him off a PBR and he can, you know, enjoy <laughs> the con better. He always oh, loves I hope so, too. I hope, I hope he makes a ton of money. And, uh, you know, and you, you don't spend a ton of money, but you spend it in the right places. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and so we're all looking forward to that. And, and same here. And I also wanted to give a quick shout out to vendors because we don't talk about the vendors as much on the show as we should. And your vendors are, you know, you talk about your vendors. Our vendors are also very unique because we have a lot of artisans come to Scares of Care. You get a lot of people that make dolls 
or or alter porcelain dolls and make them creepy. And you get a lot of people doing artist type renderings of fan fiction and stuff like that. So it's actually really easily, you know, pumping down like little punk people is going to be there. Uh, you know, people along those. It's easy to want to give money to these folks and not because you know where it's going. It's going to a place of love and it's going to make more art. And uh, little punk uh, people so I have to scarcely care. Yes, they are. Oh, man, so, I thought I was going to see them this, that weekend, because they're usually at Monster Mania, no. but it's a different weekend. Well, oh, man. Well, but I think they're different. They might be up at yours, because they're different weekends. Ours is this weekend. Yeah, they are different weekends. So. No, it's Gen so, Con that's the same weekend. That's right. Okay. Yeah, Gen Con gotcha. is the same as, as Monster Mania. They're not going to have much crossover, believe it or not. Like, Queenie would be the exception to the rule, but <laughs> there's not a lot of crossover. Like, oh. If I could, I would do it all. I know. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. One of us needs to win the lottery, so we can just travel and do podcasts <laughs> from conventions. <laughs> Scares of Care is having a podcast, I believe, on Friday night at midnight, and I intend to be be there for it. So I hope. To, uh, so I will. I will definitely be there by Friday night, and I think uh, Aaron will be there at on um, Thursday night, right? Yes, I shall be there Thursday to Sunday. Cool, and I will be there Friday and Saturday and early Sunday morning. Uh, and I will, so have, I, will def- I will have a big <laughs> bottle of absinthe in my room. Oh, oh, I have one too that I need to get rid of. So that's dangerous. But uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about that and later. That. Ah, well, we're not going to talk about that then. But anyway, uh, <laughs> one more thing. Um, we talked about cons, but I also want to move on because I actually have one more thing we need to talk about before I go to community calendar. And all of this, except for Aaron, has been part of this. And I hope Aaron, maybe he'll compete this year as a, as a contestant. But uh, one of the things that got me started in doing all this was a group I invented on Facebook called the How. Actually, I invented it on MySpace, uh, Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, which is a group of people uh, that you know, fan fan group, you know post videos, whatever, and blogs and stuff. But but <laughs> in this winter time, you know, this mild mannered fan group suddenly becomes the fierceness film watching competition on Facebook. And that is because <laughs> they decide not you know, I, I people think, you know, have these festivals where they watch one horror film a day and that's cute. We we appreciate yeah. the 31 days of horror. It's always good. You can focus on the film. And you can go into it, maybe deeper dive in what the film means and write a nice blog. But that's not what we're about. No, oh, no, 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 no. No, this is about quantity, not quality. Watch as many horror movies as you can for as long as you can. And we have 30, uh, this year we have judges. Judges are like, they're not, they're not judges like you would see on American Idol, for example. For example. They don't, they don't, they don't go, you know, your taste in movies sucks. No, 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 no. That's not what they're about. They're more like the voice. Once they are, you're on their team, they mentor you and they help you and they will give you movie suggestions and show you how to play the game and continue the process. And they will be the ones that you will report to once a week with your, uh, if you're part, actively participating in the madness. This year we have five judges 
and two alternates, plus, and then myself. Right now, I actually don't have to take a team, which is the second year in a row that I actually – well, no, this will be the first year. I, I don't have to take an active team. But if we get enough players, I would definitely jump in and take a team. So, uh, But two of my judges – well, Erin Marie here, she's been a contestant. Queenie is a judge last year and this year. And James, not only has he been a judge, he's been the winning judge a couple years in a row a while back. And uh, so they've all experienced it as contestants and as judges. So let's yes. tell, let, me, let me start with Queenie again. And have, Queenie, tell Erin, what is it like to be a judge on The Madness? Um, it's kind of like being a cheerleader, really. You're kind of, you're like, come on, guys, you can do it. And then if they come to you and they're depressed about something or, you know, I can't make it, I can't do these films, you, you, you goad them on, you know, and you give them some advice. Here's some films I was watching. I was feeling crappy. Here you go. <laughs> you know, like last year I had Team Susie, which is the doll named uh, from May. May is this really awesome, creepy movie because, um, uh, Last year's theme was like dolls, a ton of toms. It was really cool. And we actually made our own little group. Like, it, I was impressed with how into the game my team was. They were more into it probably than I was. Wow. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun to watch. They had their own horror night that spread to the rest of the Halloween Horror Madness. Remember, Elizabeth? Uh, like, oh, I definitely do. That was them doing it, not me. I, I was just like, <laughs> Let's do this. Queenie's team won the cumulative team total. So they, they actually won the team win. They didn't win the individual winner. In the end, there can only be one. These teams are really so it's easier for us to divide the math amongst ourselves. Uh, but in the end, there can only be one winner. And whoever has the most cumulative points at the end of the month gets gun da 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 Bragging rights. Oh, yes, we love bragging rights. But actually, there's a poster involved. I have Frank Browning, a good friend of mine, helps me design the poster, and I print out enough for the judges and for our winning our winning people. Usually the top two people get a poster. So um, so there's something, you know. Thank you for helping out with the madness. And some. And last year we actually, because it was dolls, we actually had a doll to give away. I was so excited about that. So um, now, Erin, would you tell – uh, Air, Air, well, Air Marie, would you tell Air, cousin Aaron what it's like to be a contestant on the madness? The very first year I entered, I was on James's team, which we won that year, by the way, because it was video nasties. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not to win. That was absolutely amazing. Like literally, the first week, I think I watched like forty-four movies in the first week and there was so much bush so much 70s bush everywhere I think that was pretty much my review <laughs> it was so fun but I mean by the end of it you're making fun of things you're throwing popcorn at the screen you're like oh my god there's that actor from that other movie and nice. uh, and uh, it just it is hysterical so funny. I'd watched well over a hundred movies, I know. I did not get to fit all the nasties in because I couldn't find them all, but I think I watched sixty six of the seventy two. So it it was and, really an amazing time. <laughs> I like the clever way there are bonus films. If you watch this particular one today or this week, 
uh, you get extra points for this one. I think that's very clever. Yeah, we I do like a couple the way ways. it was set up the nasties here. I like the clues. Mm. I like the clues oh. to the film. There's a bunch of ways to get quotes, but the secret films are where the clues come in. We also have the bonus points. Every year, the madness has a theme. This year's theme uh, for preview week, which is what's happening right now, is creatures of the deep. But our main theme for the actual madness in October is descent into darkness. So it's going to be actual physical darkness. You know, go, people going blind, internal darkness. You're going to see uh, our mascot film is Legend by Ridley Scott, which is the embodiment sure. of darkness. Um, so it's actually. Yeah, so it's actually with Queenie because Queenie had the winning team last year. She she gets to she gets to help me with this. It's kind of spun it. She's inspired me to make this more dark fantasy this year than yeah. actual straight up horror. So it's actually been pretty cool. So she, yeah, cause, so uh, so Queenie's been uh, my my muse this year, which is always a pleasant surprise. And because I was very because usually it's James. James sends me down the video nasty trail, which really is a great trail. But every once in a while, yeah, the, the 70s bushes start to cloud your mind and you don't know what to do with yourself after a while. So uh, so this year it's, it's going to be a very different madness, but it's still going to be a lot of fun, I believe. Um, so, Aaron, I, I'm, I'm asking you now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Now that I've heard a little bit about the madness, uh, would you like to be a contestant this year in the madness? Yeah, actually, you know, Natalie is a huge hammer horror fan and, and and classic horror. Not not the classic variety, but, you know, well thought out, well potted. So, yeah, I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring, absolutely. Fabulous. So, great. We're going we're gonna to grandfather in a slot for my cousin, and he is going to compete in the madness, and we'll tell him more about that when it gets closer. So, congratulations, and thank you for joining us on that. And, um... So Madness is actually, if you want to learn a little bit what it's like, go to Preview Week on my group page, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness on Facebook. We got samples of last year's rules in the, fi- in the files. Don't get hung up on them, people. Math and stuff is the judge's issue. Don't worry about it. If you have any questions, we will Don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. The way to win is to focus on the rules. <laughs> You completely embody yourself well, in the world. Well, focus on the bonus points. The bonus points are going to be how you win, right? There is strategy playing the fast. madness. But you, but you also have to... I did. I think I but took almost can... every bonus point. <laughs> yeah, so take as many bonus points as you can, but, you know, that'll all come up. But uh, the rule drop is when we actually call for contestants, and that happens two weeks before October. This year, folks, write it down. Dun, dun, dun. September 21st, folks. September 21st, probably after 3 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time is when I'll drop the madness as a uh, rules as a Facebook note, and you can actually, if you want to be part of the madness, you can you can join up at that time. Uh, so that's a bit of ways. Uh, in the meantime, we will be writing the rules this August. I always have the judges assist me on that, uh, and we'll be setting up the secret the secret films and the bonus points and the wild cards, which are. Uh, people and places related to our theme, but you can watch anything about what they do. For example, Bruce Campbell, you can watch as much as anything he's ever done in the madness, always. <laughs> he's always accepted as a wild card. Bruce Campbell is the man god. He is omnipresent I... in the madness, always. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, when is Ash versus Evil Dead supposed to come out? 
Yeah. Oh, there was lots, lots of that at Tom, actually. Uh, they had Halloween, a whole booth, booth set up uh, that you could walk through, and, and you uh, you got a foam rubber chainsaw after you went through, and there were posters everywhere. And and he appeared at, at a panel. I didn't get to the panel, but there was a big presence for Ash versus uh, the Evil Dead. Looks like it's going to yeah. be a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, that trailer! That trailer was amazing. I cannot wait for Ash versus the Evil Dead. So I'm going to have to fit yeah. that into the madness somewhere. But it has an uh, Halloween premiere, you said. I think it's a Halloween premiere. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's like Night King. Can I watch? And it's oh, definitely going to be um, Grand Guignol style horror and a lot of campy humor. My favorite. It's going to. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that's my favorite. I mean, I actually made it to Monster Mania one year, um, and that was just because it was Tyler Bean's very first Monster Mania, and that was all because of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Campy horror, love it. Yeah. Yeah, the um, the series premiere is Saturday, October 31st, Halloween. Yeah, plus Halloween night, which is awesome because that's the last day of the midnight. Uh, uh, the mid the madness always ends Halloween sun up the following morning, so you have that no. entire night to get in get in films on Halloween. So definitely watch. We'll probably give a special with Queenie runs the Twitter on 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 the madness, and she always will give a special bonus on the thir- Wednesday or Thursday before the weekend that you can only get on those weekends for that particular week. So you'll see a lot of ways to get points and a lot is very interactive. You can follow us on Twitter on The Madness and you can follow us on uh, Queenie on the Twitter and, and of course, Facebook and where it lives. So please, we'll, we'll post all these links on uh, on my uh, Facebook page for Archivist Bed on Sexy Witches probably tomorrow afternoon. So uh, I wanted to thank everybody for coming on. I wanted to ask James if he had any final things. Before he went on? Uh, well, uh, yeah, kind of. Just one thing. Uh, while I've totally dropped the ball this year on Italian Horror Week, uh, that doesn't mean it's not happening at some point as soon as I get my stuff together. So uh, there <laughs> could be something. Also, actually, there's uh, tickets going on sale for the Exhumed Films 24-Hour Horrorathon, and that's uh, the 24th of October. My birthday and horror sexy Yay. and doctor and last blog on Dead End Street are sponsoring a friggin' awesome giveaway and it's awesome and I love it and it's friggin' great. Really? One of my favorite giveaways ever. Yeah, so we're gonna sponsor still- something really big. So you get tickets, tickets on August. No, no, they're not on sale yet. August eighth. The rest of the tickets that didn't sell at their Robots Are Dangerous uh, exhibit this weekend, whatever didn't sell then goes on sale August eighth. And then they'll be sold out that day within two hours. Okay, August 8th. You heard that, folks. If you want to go to Exhume 24-Hour Film Festival, which is awesome. I've never gone, but I know what they're like, and just do it, you know, if you can. So August 8th for that. Thank you, James, for being on the show as always. And we'll bring you back on for our Italian horror show at the beginning of September, if we could. Sounds great, dude. I'll be back. All right, you dude. Have a good time. Send us pics from Monster Mania and much love to you. All right, later, dude. Good night. 
Oh, and that was James Harris. Mm-hmm. We pulled him off. And now we're going to pull Aaron off the air as well because we're winding down for the evening. And, Aaron, do you have any questions about the madness or anything about Comic-Con? Uh, we're going to save your Archer stuff because I know you were at the Archer yeah. panel for our Archer show next month, which we are doing yeah, we'll do, um, this. We'll do Archer then. But give me we'll any final things then. about Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. Let me and, let me but, do a quick little um, best of thing. Um, uh, the Hateful Eight panel was insane. Um, uh, lots of fun because Quentin is a comic book geek and probably so. Um, Hateful Eight is going to be a roadshow style picture. Uh, they're going to have to do a special setup for the theaters. They're going to be commemorative programs. There's going to be an intermission and everything. It's going to be old school. Uh, Quentin oh, made a wow. big point to say that he's used the actual lenses from Ben-Hur, not lenses like the ones they used for Ben-Hur with Charlton Heston. He's used the actual mother-loving lenses from Ben-Hur. Holy shit. Um, wow. Right? Um, Suicide Squad, uh, David Ayer, put it best, the director, he said, DC Comics have the best villains. Yes, yes, I do. He said, all this good versus evil shit is played out. It's time for bad versus evil. And it looks badass. Um, I They sneaked the trailer online. Uh, DC had a little hissy fit and said, well, we've got to keep the quality up, so we're going to release it now, I guess. So it's out there. You can find it. Um, the same thing happened with Deadpool. I'm sorry? No, no, that was Echo. Okay, the Deadpool um, uh, trailer is also now out online, leaked from Comic-Con. To you people in Hall H doing that, knock that shit off or they're going to stop doing it. Please stop. But Deadpool was amazing. Uh, Definitely, definitely, definitely earning the hard R faux shizzle, um, but also hilarious as fuck. Um, Ryan Reynolds... Now, was that the actual trailer, or was it just the test footage? Because I saw no, the it test was a, footage last year. No, no, no. It's it's a sizzle reel. It's not a trailer. You're absolutely right. Both of those were sizzle reels created for Comic-Con. Um, Hateful Eight, um, Quentin actually made a point of saying, uh, we're not going to give you any fucking sizzle reel. I cut this together myself. And he showed a good amount of footage, and, and it looks kind of bitching. Um, on the TV front, uh, Fox is doing Lucifer, as you might have heard, the million moms who aren't uh, have already started their fucking uh, protests against it. Um, it's a spinoff from Neil Gaiman's Sandman comic. Uh, Lucifer is a nightclub owner in L.A. He's paired with a hot female detective solving crimes. So if you ever watched Castle and said, hey, this is good, but I wish Satan was in it, you're in luck. Um, <laughs> awesome. It could be fun. The writing it could be there. The same gentleman uh, who wrote Californication for Showtime is doing this. Yeah. So, you know, fingers crossed, could be good. And then finally, in the comic book venue, because, you know, Comic-Con does actually have Comic-Cons there, um, the, the Pander Brothers have put together a book called Girl Fiend, and it's kind of fun. Um, I, I, I did a really brief little interview with them. They said they wanted to do something... Uh, romance encapsulated in the horror genre. One immortal, one mortal, and how they keep it real in their relationship. Uh, and the other brother said, and the horror ensues from there. 
Um, it's a, got a great look. Uh, it's their very first digital comic. Um, they're Eisner Award nominees. Uh, it's worth checking out. And uh, I've posted uh, to the Sexy Witches page uh, featured swag and merch and a picture of their stuff. And uh, I'll give Thank you more you, details Aaron. next time we talk. Fabulous, Aaron. Thank awesome. you so much for being on as all. Thank you, Cuz. And witches, thank you as well for being on the air. We are on our 32nd mark, so we got to go for the night. But uh, Sexy oh. Witches, in two weeks on August 4th, we're going to start Animation August, and we are going to do Bronies. We are going to hit Bronies <laughs> head on and talk about My Little Pony, which drops on the, this weekend, or no, next week. The season drops on Netflix, so we have time to watch yeah, the it. Yeah, so, folks, goodwill hunting, folks, and I hope that you have a great weekend. Thank you. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.